0: Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for root language, rough violence, and raunchy humor.
1: Your Honor, the prosecution accuses the present kobold, Job, with the murder of the elven farmer Ansel Ramith in the small town of Sapir two moons ago. Monique Valentine, a red tiefling, stands up from her bench. Meanwhile, seated at the judge's table, you see a big-bearded dwarven
2: man in judge's robes look toward the defense and say, How does the defense plead? Your Honor, the defense pleads not guilty, of course. Very well.
3: I do declare we shall hold a trial by jury in two days' time. Please prepare your cases, and may justice
2: prevail. (laughs) Two days is a little generous. We could do it in one, but okay.
3: All right, we shall hold a trial in one day's time. May justice prevail.
0: Thanks for that.
3: And Judge Gardner smacks his gavel,
4: dismissing the court. (sighs) Great job, Thomas. That was just the best thing you could have said, wasn't it? Excuse me, we could very well easily do it in one. Our defendant is clearly
2: not guilty. If we did it in two, that would just slow the process down and give the prosecution, who is clearly untrained, more time to win this case, which they will not.
1: We move into a private holding cell with Job, the red kobold, sitting before you. He is scaly and lean with slender, back-facing horn-like protrusions and beige, rucksack-like clothes. He sits staring at you, unamused.
4: Oh, hi there, Job. My name's Jessica Filcher. I'm one of your defense team here. Um, I uh, just want to make sure that we're all comfortable. Do you need a glass of water or anything like that before we begin? Comfort does not matter to my kind. Sorry, I just like to offer it as a courtesy. I don't, I'm, you know growing up in a small town like rabbit cove you don't mean a lot of kobolds you know so i just i i'm just not sure what everybody needs so i figure why not offer
5: anyway
2: jessica yeah all due respect but you are wasting our time okay you do only have one day
5: now hold on there tommy boy
2: yes who is speaking to me oh this robot again
5: jessica's just doing her best
2: (sighs) that is yet to be seen i'm afraid so what
6: do you want with me?
2: We want you to tell us your story, Job, so that we can help you out of this bind But What does it matter?
4: This false justice is not recognized by the gods. Whether it's recognized by the gods or not, you're going to be spending time here on this plane of existence for quite some time, I'm sure. So you're going to want a nice defense to put together so that way you can continue about your lovely little business whatever that may be i hope you know you will gain no reward from defending me i appreciate that thank you for telling us up front we'd love to do pro bono work and it's very much our pleasure to be here to defend
2: you we seek no reward my friend we merely want justice for you there
6: is no true justice dispensed by your kind
4: Well, we have all kinds here, so I'm sure that we can come up with some justice somewhere in the middle. All right, all right.
0: Why don't you just tell us what happened? Goblin, do you really
6: succumb to these people's desires? Operate within their systems? I know many of your
0: kind. All right. And? It's disappointing is all. Right, well. I'm innocent. Oh, okay. Because you don't sound like it, if I'm being honest, but, uh. Why don't you just give us your side of the story? And if you're innocent, then, uh, well, it should all work out.
6: I didn't kill him. He was struck down by the God's will.
0: And, uh, let me guess, you enacted this God's will? No. Oh. I did no such thing. Right. So what what enacted this God's will? The gods, of course. Yes. How exactly did that play out? Was he struck (laughs) by lightning? Did a mugger come over and stab him? What are we looking at here? He
6: attempted to strike me down and thus was killed in his tracks.
2: By you. No. Who? By the gods. That, this is absolutely preposterous. The, the gods will. I am tired of hearing about that phony baloney. Tell us right now what happened to this man. If you didn't kill him, fine, but something did and you saw it. Tell us what happened. He dropped
0: dead. He's another religious fanatic. He obviously did it, and but uh, it's our job
2: to defend him. So I don't believe <sighs> our client did this, do you? Do you really think that? I think he did. Then why are you working this job if you think he's guilty? Well,
0: (laughs) just because he's guilty doesn't mean we're not supposed to defend him. So you're willing to defend
2: someone that's willing to kill some other person?
0: I'm just trying to do my job. Well, your job's not enough.
4: So we're in like a little holding room, right? Yeah. Are we seated at a table or something? Yep. Like one of those metal interrogation tables that you see in every law procedural, basically. Under the table, Jessica is going to cast Minor Illusion and summon a mysterious disembodied voice to speak to Job and try to convince him to uh, tell his tale. Job, it's me. I have been sent from above to tell you these people mean you no harm, and they
0: need your words. Spill your beans, Job. Spill your beans. You see
1: Job, uh, with his hands bound by thick rope, kind of looks around the room a little bit, trying to see where the voice is coming from. And he is going to roll an investigation to see uh, what, what's uh, what's the deal with this voice. He gets an eight.
4: <laughs> That's a failure.
6: Is that. Is it truly you? It is
4: I. And now, tell these fine lawyers all of your story, my dear oh, child. The Great One.
1: <laughs> and he falls down to his knees. Like he throws the chair aside and goes down to his knees, his head between his tied hands. And he goes,
6: I shall do your bidding. Listen, law folk. For some reason, the Great One has chosen you i have told you all i know i was wandering through the fields attempting to yes i am guilty of a crime i'm guilty of theft not of murder oh no in the middle of my theft the man found me attempted to strike me down and thus the gods killed him where he stood
2: so it appears that's what you truly believe where did this happen
6: the fields behind the old man's farm
2: the coffee beans so that's where we need to investigate coffee beans all this over
0: some coffee? Yes. Ugh.
6: It is what I must do to appease the Great One.
4: Have you met the victim before Anzal Ramith?
6: Yes, I've stolen from him on many, many occasions.
2: Oh.
6: That's great. Oh, I see. Oh, no.
2: So, Job, that is not something you're going to say in court, right? You did not kill him. That's all we need to know.
6: If I am asked, I will speak the truth as I have spoken to you.
4: I have a question. Um, Now... You said you repeatedly stole and you were there in the field and the gods struck him down. In what manner um, would you say the gods struck him down for you?
6: He attempted to strike me with a pitchfork. As he attempted to hit me, it seemed he was pierced and simply fell, dying. Pierced by what? I saw no such object.
0: You saw nothing pierce him? No. He just collapsed. Yes. And yet you say he was pierced. Yes. How would you know if you didn't see it?
2: I have seen many creatures felled in battle. Probably just a heart attack. I don't think we're going to get anything else out of him. We might as well just go start investigating the spot of the murder. I think you're right. I do not know why the Great
6: One has chosen to honor your legal process. I don't know either. But I shall cooperate in whatever way
4: I can. We certainly appreciate it, Job. Thank you for all of your help. Uh, We'll return if we have any further questions.
6: Very well. I shall see you in one day. I suppose you only have a few hours to investigate. It's about a six-hour ride east of here.
4: Yeah, we know.
2: That's all the time we need.
4: (coughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, I suppose we're off to Sapir then. Farewell. And he gets up off the ground and kind of
1: seats himself back on the chair that he knocked aside.
2: And you see him begin to pray. All right, assistants, let's move out to Sapir. Does anyone have a ride to get there?
1: You do have a ride. For the four of you, your team has two horses hitched out back.
2: Excellent. I'll take mine.
4: Uh, uh, um well uh with two horses there uh I, I think someone's gonna we're all gonna need to double up. So uh You are absolutely
2: right, Jessica. The three of you will take the other horse that's standing right over there.
4: That's that's uh, that is not the definition of double, that is the definition of triple. I'll see you all in Sapir, and then Thomas starts riding off uh, towards I- where he needs to go very quickly. Well, um, I, no time like the present to get real close, eh?
1: <laughs> and so we see Thomas Phelps, the human warlock, mount up on a horse in his bright mahogany suit, and he takes off with a dappled brown horse towards the pier, a six-hour ride, leaving his three companions quite literally in the dust.
0: If he wants to do the work for us, I say let him. I'm going to go home and watch the game.
5: Uh, well, oh, um... now wait a minute, Gare Bear. We've got work to do. We only have one day to gather all this in- information.
0: Well, we can't all go. And to be honest, I'm sick of getting clients like these. You know, in this kind of line of work, uh, you, get, you get these kind of assholes, and that uh, wouldn't be true justice, would it? To be, uh, to be. Well, we don't know for sure. I suppose we should get all the facts first.
5: Well, who's to say he's not just blessed?
0: Right, well, he is a thief. We know that. Oh! Okay. He confessed to that. Anyway. Okay, can we well, all get over there?
5: I would like to roll a perception and see if I can find another horse. That is a dirty 20.
1: All right. Um. You see a horse store across the way.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, looky here.
1: Across the way, you see a little stable and there is a cyclops, but he's not enormous. He's like just maybe like eight feet tall. So he's very tall, but he's not crazy. And there's a the Cyclops waving around, going, Horses! Horses for sale! Get your fresh horses!
5: Well, slap my metal bottom and call me Susan! Mm.
0: If only we had money. <laughs>
5: Well, we'll we'll negotiate with the man. He must understand. Come on.
0: I follow. No, I'm really, look, I'm not that big. What if you can just carry me?
4: Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Yeah, yeah. Sir, yeah. yeah. Uh, How much for one of of your, uh, your fastest steeds there? Oh, one of the fastest steeds? Well, it's going to be quite a lot. We have this beautiful war horse here,
1: 400 gold pieces. We have your average horse here, 75 gold pieces, and we have Tony the Pony, 30 gold pieces.
4: Okay, uh, let me just check with my colleagues here. So I've got 15 gold pieces there, team. Does anybody want to ante up uh, any any, uh, gold that they might be holding on to?
5: To be perfectly honest, I didn't calculate that before we started (laughs) the game. Should I? (laughs) I didn't think we'd been no, here to I... purchase a damn
1: more J- Jessica got a small inheritance.
5: Apparently.
4: It's uh, it's from my uh, my dead husband's pension, Frank. he uh, Wow. A, oh, that poor soul. If,
1: if we don't sell Tony the Pony here real soon, I'm going to have to put him down. <laughs> He's been here for months.
4: That doesn't sound like a reliable horse
0: then <laughs> for six hours, I think. May, yeah. Maybe not a reliable <laughs> horse, but reliable glue. <laughs>
4: I have a question for you, sir. Instead of purchasing, is it possible to rent one of your horses? Rental service? Huh. I should have thought
1: about that before.
4: <laughs> well, how do I know you'd return it? Um, I can give you a, a a certified document saying so. I will sign, and I have two witnesses here that can uh, impose their signatures on a document as well. Well, I I certainly trust the. A lady of the law. However, I will say...
1: I'm very good friends with the Reclaimers. They get their warhorses from me. Should you not return this horse... I will send murderers after you.
4: <laughs> I, I certainly appreciate your upfront honesty on your re- rental and return policies. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Listen, if Tony the Pony gets one last good ride before I send him to the glue factory, I'm sure he'll be plenty <laughs> no. happy about it. And you see Tony the Pony look at you. Of course it's a pony. It doesn't speak, but uh, a tear streams down his face. <laughs> oh, oh my god.
2: No.
4: <laughs> so to rent Tony the Pony and then return him for his uh, cruel fate, how much would that be? Uh, let's Say 10 gold pieces. Wonderful. And uh, Jessica will reach into her um, purse and pull out 10 gold pieces to pay the Cyclops man.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Tony?
6: You live another day.
1: And <laughs> he unhitches Tony the Pony. <laughs> Uh, And he
0: hands, spanks him, and he
1: he gives him a little, a little smack on the tuccas. And Tony the Pony very slowly trods out. He is this brown horse with um, some darker brown striations along his back.
0: Listen, uh, Tony doesn't look like he's in the best shape. I think I'll just take Tony, so I put the least amount of stress on him.
4: That sounds like a plan to me. Take care of our investment there, buddy. Um, Dorothy, shall we uh, go ahead and uh, double up here on uh, this fine specimen that we already had?
5: You betcha, Jessica. Hop on.
4: And uh, Jessica will hop on behind Dorothy. Okay. Through the
1: dust trail that Thomas has left behind. we see Gary Mogbile, the three-foot-tall, suited goblin, riding Tony the Pony <laughs> as he struggles to keep pace with uh, the other, not quite a stallion, but horse, with Dorothy Oz, the war-forged lawyer, taking the reins, and Jessica Felcher, the Hexblood, her beautiful, long, raven black hair flowing in the wind, as you ride toward the town of Sapir. Does my horse have a name, God? Oh, you can name it. Popcorn. Popcorn the horse. And uh, Jessica or Dorothy, what is the other horse's name?
5: Jessica, you're the novelist. What name?
0: Their name is Wade Up, because I'm falling behind
5: (laughs) here.
4: (laughs) I can't see them anymore. And now it's raining. His name is Wade. Wade. With the last name Up. Wade Up. (laughs) Todd is so through.
1: And so you ride on toward the town of Sapir. Thankfully, you purchased another horse, because if not, it was going to take you eight hours to get there. But thanks to um, Gary's nice life weightness, it really only takes you six as you arrive at the town of Sapir. So you take one of the long main roads through the eastern Orgaic region. You are traveling eastward, and eventually that road crosses right through the middle of the town of Sapir. You may have passed through here at some point in your travels. It's highly doubtful that you've ever stopped here for any significant portion of time. It is a very just kind of hole in the wall kind of town, if that makes any sense. So, as you enter from the east direction, there are a number of things you see to your left, so to the northern side of the town. You see the road diverges and goes up. There are some stables with what looks like a cart outside, right behind a sort of inn-tavern-looking building. On the other side of that, you see a large tower, which you presume to most likely be some sort of wizard's tower or something of the like. And then to the southern side of the town, immediately adjacent to kind of this main road, you see what looks like a beautiful little park. There's a fountain in the center of town, And then there are a number of other buildings. There's a long building adjacent to some farmland and some livestock pens. And then there's another building with what looks to be some sort of open area, most likely a forge of some sort there as well. And what do you do
2: as you ride into town? I can't believe I have to set foot in this backwater town. If Job only told us what was going on, we wouldn't have to come here in the first place. I'm going to ride straight towards Ansel's farm.
1: Okay. And so, as you ride in from the western direction, you turn towards the south. You see a very long building that looks to be some sort of home uh, adjacent to the park. Behind that, so as you move more south, behind that there are livestock pens there with a number of pigs. And then behind that, you see all of the farmland. Uh, And it seems to be split up into different sections
2: for different kinds of crops. I want to go to the coffee crops.
1: You hitch your horse up at one of
2: the livestock pens. You stay right here, Popcorn. You stay right here.
1: And as you dismount Popcorn, you see in the livestock pens a young lady tending to some of the pigs. She has pointed ears, dark gray hair, and chocolate skin. She's wearing an airy white blouse tucked into sturdy work pants that have been dyed a light lavender. And it's splotched with a mixture of mud and colorful inks. As you are dismounting popcorn, the rest of the defense team ride into town.
4: And what do you all do? Team, uh, do you think going to the scene of the crime is the best kind of first thing to do? What do you think?
5: I think that's a great place to start, Jessica.
4: Oh, I think you dot. That's very kind of you to say. Gary, do you agree? Yeah, that's why we're here, isn't it? (laughs) All right, sounds good. Okay, Wade, let's turn towards the south there. I'd like to hitch my horse right next to Popcorn, I think.
1: Thomas, as you are dismounting Popcorn, you see Tony the Pony and Wade pull up as they go to hitch him by the livestock pens. And uh, the young woman with the pointed ears inside the pig pen kind of hears the commotion and turns around and goes, Hi, um there's stables over there if you want to but uh, that that's fine uh can i can i help you
2: yes madam good to have you here uh we are the defense lawyers for job and we're investigating the murder of ansel rive would you say that what i don't see what's wrong with that what's wrong with that information
4: um we're terribly sorry for your loss miss i uh I understand that losing a loved one tragically is is a very disturbing thing to have happen to oneself. Um, we're here to get to the bottom of the situation. We want justice for Anzel, and sure. we, we just want to make sure that uh, Job is in fact to blame for the death. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, well, hi. My name's uh, Juniper. How? Uh,
2: what, what? What can I do for you? Point us to the direction of the murder
4: of your husband, ma'am.
1: Uh, yeah, my dad was killed in the fields. Oh, your right dad? Oh, oh wow. yeah. I'm sorry She's, for, for she, she presuming. Looks a
4: little young. Come on, now.
1: Um, yeah, he he died in uh, the fields right back there.
4: Did you see anything
2: on the evening of the murder, ma'am?
1: Uh, well, not really. I I don't really know what happened. I was I was painting in my room, and then I heard my dad scream. And uh, by the time I came outside, I just found my mom uh,
2: holding him. So your mom was at the scene of the crime when you arrived, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, she she ran out just before me,
2: so... Did you see her at all before that while you were painting?
1: Uh, yeah, in the house. We had just had some dinner. Dad was up late working. Juniper,
5: is your mother home? Yes. Could you grab her for us?
1: I mean, I, I probably shouldn't be helping you this much, but I don't... I mean, I I could could go grab her, of course. I don't know how open she's going to be. How about, Juniper,
5: you just point us in the direction of your mother?
1: Uh, she's in the house. Just right right there. Right next to this. Thanks, (laughs)
5: Juniper doll. And... Dorothy's gonna start walking over to the
4: house. All right, Dorothy, walk over to the house. Have fun. Jessica's gonna <laughs> rush to catch up um, and say, Hold on, just a, just oh. a smidge there. Um, I'm thinking that uh, it might be good if we kind of split up just in case uh, the wife of the deceased isn't so pleased to see us. She might send us away before we get a nice look at the crime scene. So I'm thinking maybe two of us go and talk to the wife there and then maybe two of us head down to the field. What do you think? Sure. Fair point, Jessica. I will go to the scene of
2: the crime. Now, those that are going to the wife, make sure that you get all information. Report back to us as soon as you're done.
5: All right. Tommy boy's going to the scene. Who's coming with me to visit mommy?
4: Well, it could be boys and girls, you know. That's always, I think... I don't know about you, Dorothy, but a woman's intuition, a nice little touch of that is a great way to handle a a victim's wife, you know, I think that's a good way to go there.
5: sure. I will say I don't necessarily understand the sensitivities of you people, but I'll do my best.
4: Well, that's all we can ask of you, Dorothy. Isn't that right, everybody? All right, well, uh, Gary, Thomas, don't get into too much trouble out in the field there, okay?
2: Gary, you're with me. Don't slow me down. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And I start striding off towards the crime scene.
5: Doc's going to lean over to Jessica and say, I think we're going to have two crime scenes on our hands here if Gerber gets his hands around Tommy Boy. And walk over to the house.
4: Oh, <laughs> Dorothy, you are just so clever, my goodness! Oh, and I'll follow after Dorothy. Okay, let's handle the farm people first.
5: <laughs> Sorry, my farm people. Farm you mean, people, you mean I never. Okay, thank you. <laughs>
2: How dare you, God? I am no farm person.
0: I'm gonna let. Thomas, like ride off. Hopefully, he didn't even bother to check if I was following. <laughs> okay. I want to talk to Juniper.
1: Ah, okay. So Thomas, as you head towards the scene
2: of the crime, what are you doing? First of all, I look behind me to see if damn damn it. he's following. <laughs> I notice he's not, but I don't care. Oh, you don't care. Okay. So I walk off towards the crime scene, and I'm going to roll for investigation to see if I see anything. Fifteen.
1: Wonderful. Okay. So you do notice a number of things here. So. You notice that this kind of left side of the farm is full of what looks like some sort of cash crop, right? And based on what you have deciphered from Job, you pretty quickly identify this as coffee. The right side of the farm seems to be split up in a number of different sections, and it's growing things like cabbage, carrots, wheat, lots of other somewhat more practical crops. And then you find towards the very southwest corner, an area of what look to be trampled crops, right? So it looks like some sort of activity has occurred here recently. And as you walk towards that trampled area, sure enough, on the ground, you see a little bit of dirt that seems saturated with... As you put your fingers down to it and smell the gr- the earth, you gather that this is most likely blood. And you notice
2: a pitchfork just lying there on the ground. Do I have gloves? Sure, I'll give it to you. Oh, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I would like to put on my gloves and inspect the pitchfork. Roll an investigation for me. Fifteen again.
1: (laughs) Beautiful. So it looks like an average pitchfork. You do manage to notice a few details. It looks like the teeth of the pitchfork are just like a little bit indented, like they impacted something, right? And then you notice a splotch of blood along the pitchfork. However, it is not along the teeth. It is towards the back end of the
2: handle. Interesting. Huh. The teeth are indented but blood on the handle mm-hmm.
1: the teeth look as if imagine you had taken the pitchfork
2: and just rammed it into a wall are there any walls around me where i'm None. standing None.
1: you are in the middle of the farmland basically is there
2: a blood trail i could follow from that one little spot
1: it looks like whatever occurred here whoever got hurt presumably rammoth it looks like they bled out right here like right where you're standing
2: i see hmm. in
1: fact you do see some like remaining blood splotches on like the plants surrounding the area So, yeah, it does not
4: seem like anyone made it far out of here. Jessica and Dorothy, what are you guys up to? I think we arrive at the farmhouse, and I'm just going to go ahead and knock...
1: You arrive at this very long farmhouse. It looks like living quarters for probably a small family. As you knock on the big heavy wooden door, it takes a second. You hear a little bit of scrounging around inside as someone gets up to come to the door. And finally, it squeaks open about halfway. You see a tall, tan woman in tattered clothing. She has very dark hair with streaks of white and sunbaked skin. You look at her hands and you can tell they're worn and calloused. And she's dressed in dark, dirty overalls. Hello.
4: Oh, hi there. Uh, My name is Jessica Felcher. Are you Mrs. Rameth?
1: Yes. What? What do you want?
4: Um, we are here to investigate um your husband's death. Um, we are just we're just trying to get to the bottom of the situation, and we're looking to find all of the facts in the case. So, um, do you mind if we come in for a bit and speak with you? I
1: do actually.
4: I'm terribly sorry if we caught you at a bad time.
1: Yeah, you know, coming to try and defend my husband's murderer is probably uh, always going to be a bad time.
4: I didn't say we were defending your husband's murderer. I was just saying that we were looking to get to the bottom of the case.
1: I already spoke to the reclaimers. What else could I possibly have to give you?
4: I I apologize. I just, um, you know... Sometimes there's a little bit of differentiation between the facts that we're given and sometimes that, you know, I just, we're just doing our due diligence here, ma'am. I don't mean to intrude. I don't mean to be rude. So uh, can we just have a, a nice, polite little conversation? Roll a persuasion check for me with disadvantage. Nine. Both times.
1: Listen to me very clearly.
4: Okay, yeah. Absolutely listening. My listening ears are open and on.
1: My husband was the most important person In my life, what that monster did was deprive me, was deprive our family of a future. And if I see you around here again, I will fuck you up.
4: Oh! Yeah, absolutely. I completely understand where you're coming from. My husband, Frank, passed away a few years ago. And, you know, it was just... I'm going to give you the three to get off my property. One... Okay, well, you have a lovely, nice day, and thank you so much for answering the door. Goodbye. And she slams the door in your face.
5: Jessica, were we just threatened?
4: I believe we were, yeah. That's a thing that just happened to us. Oh, boy.
5: And Dorothy's going to knock on the door again. (laughs) Oh,
4: oh no. (laughs) Dorothy, Dorothy, what are you doing? I don't understand. What? What, what What? Dorothy. Through the door, you hear. Did I not make myself clear the first time? You absolutely did, ma'am. I completely understand where you're coming from. Dorothy, I don't think we should be knocking again. Well, I'm just saying if she's
5: trying to claim that her husband was the most important person to her and her family, then wouldn't she want to try and help get to the bottom of the case? And Dorothy would like to be loud enough for this woman behind the doors to hear her.
1: Oh, you know what? Fuck you, lady. And the wooden door opens and... (laughs) Mia Rana is going to hurl a big clay pot directly at your head, oh. Dorothy. Dorothy, what is your AC?
5: Uh, sixteen. <laughs>
1: She throws the pot and it goes flying uh, out towards the park behind you. Oh. Where the fuck do you get off, huh?
5: Well, as a pot, I don't. <laughs> now,
1: I think we got off. of my property. I have no obligation to you.
5: Mayor, all we would like is just some more information and I promise. I already promise...
1: spoke to the reclaimers. They have my statement. Can you leave a grieving widow alone, you leeches? Well, Mia. Mayor... And she's going to walk out and let's see if she notices. Oof. Sucks <laughs> she's going to walk out and she's going to say, wait, hold up, Juniper, Juniper, ah. come in! I do declare, howdy everyone, it's Giancarlo Herrera, your DM, and I just wanted to come at you with a few quick announcements. I hope you're all enjoying the first episode of Your Honor, it's been a lot of fun to play and I can't wait for you guys to see what's coming. That said, we actually have a sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by OnlyCrits.com, a wonderful place to get dice and dice towers and other accessories, and they give away free adventures with every set. But actually, I'd like to zoom into the courtroom a little earlier today so that Gary and Thomas can give you a little message themselves. Thomas. You are pacing outside of the courtroom, very anxiously waiting to speak with Judge Gardner. And as you do so, you hear this very satisfying but intrusive noise over and over again. Roll a perception check. 17. Okay. Okay. You turn to find this noise, and you see Gary kind of hunched over on one of the benches. Uh, and he is, like, shaking his arm and doing this, like, throwing motion over and over. And it looks very
2: suspicious,
1: borderline inappropriate. G-
2: Gary, I, what on earth are you doing? I don't pay my assistants to sit around and do whatever ungodly thing it is you're doing there. I'm playing D&D. What's it look like? D&D? What, what on earth are you talking about? Oh. What are you... <laughs> Natural 20, baby! You see that? Gary! What on earth are these? Is this a little is this a little duck inside of a 20-sided hey, hey. sphere? What's going on here? Thomas, get your
0: hands off my transparent ducky dice set,
2: okay? And
1: Thomas, you look down at the bench and you see this entire collection of dice from 20-sided all the way down to 4-sided, and they are these little transparent blue dice with tiny little ducks
2: suspended in all of them. (laughs) Gary, these are toys. They're they're children's toys, these little ducks, and you have so many of them. How are you able to afford them? I know I don't pay you enough to buy all these. Well, I go to onlycrits.com. That's where I get these dice. What?
0: Yeah, check this one out. Icy Blade Metal Dagger Dice. Oh. And Gary
1: hands you this heavy, expensive feeling, very quality D20. That has this icy white and blue metal
2: with beautiful detailing on it. Oh my, this is quite nice. I I, I mean, I, this onlycrits.com, that sounds ridiculous. And, and look at this, th- this looks vastly more expensive than what I pay you. How are you able to possibly afford this, Gary? Well, I get them for 10% off with the offer code uh,
0: DRIMBUS, you know. I get a little discount.
2: <laughs> Trimbus, you say. Discount? What? Yeah,
0: they got dice, uh, dice trays, and uh, with every purchase, you get a free uh, adventure, you know? So I got this one right here, the, the Dagger Dice of Bismuth.
2: Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I certainly don't pay you to sit around and play little children's games, so I'm going to have to uh, take this adventure set off of your hands here. Thank you, you very much. Right. I'm just going to bring this with me. Oh, and I'm going to take these uh, dice ducks, too. Thank you very much.
0: My
3: duckies. You heard it here first, folks. Go to onlycrits.com and use offer code DRIMBUS to get 10% off your order and support the show. They have DICE, DICE TRAYS, a DICE subscription, and... They give away free adventures with every purchase. Go get your copy of The Dagger Dice of Bismuth
1: now! So yeah, if you want to support the show, guys, please go check out onlycrits.com and use offer code DRIMBUS, D-R-I-M-B-U-S. You get 10% off your order, the dice are super, super nice, and you get to support the show with lots of spice. Yeah. Next, we're offering shout-out slots on the show now, so if you want to shout-out yourself, a project that you really love, another show, or even just say hi to a friend, you are welcome to take one of these slots. If you're interested in taking it, email drimbispod at gmail.com for more information, or you can just DM us on Twitter. If you're a patron, send us a message on Patreon. Today's shout-out is for Purple Potion Games head over to purplepotiongames.com to check out their wide selection of dice and dice accessories. They offer free shipping on all dice orders, and you can even use code DRIMBUS to take an extra 15% off your order. That's purplepotiongames.com with code DRIMBUS. And lastly, we want to give a very big thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to Jerry Benetatos, Queso Loco, Terrence Knox, Kevin Dubralet, John Mitchell, and Victoria Madrid. Your support means the world to us. If you're interested in becoming a patron, check out patreon.com slash drimbus, where you get access to our after-the-show show, show, After the Drimbus. You also get to join our Discord. Get exclusive merch. Right now, we are offering a Drimbus phone case as a thank you to all of our patrons as we near our one-year anniversary that will only be available to people who become patrons up until the end of this month, June 2021. So go check it out. Again, thank you all so much for supporting the show. I'll let you get back to it. Hey, everyone. It is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera, here. And today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action packed, sci fi Western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drumbus would enjoy it, so, please, check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, right, Enjoy.
5: Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, what's up?
1: Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system.
5: We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe.
2: So come with us if you're into adventure.
1: A rocket flies
0: out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up.
5: There's rockets? It's
0: Mario Kart. Crazy intrigue. Can I hack into the
1: body and maybe see if they have, like, a memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? That'll,
0: literally.
5: Uh-huh. Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just
4: uh-huh.
0: take cover. Okay. <laughs> she's a good pilot, everyone. Yeah, she's, very good. she's
4: very good. And friendship.
5: Aww. New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Juniper, Juniper, oh, come in. Damn it. Mia is going to begin walking towards the livestock pens. However, Gary, you have been there for a few minutes already. So, what were you saying before this occurred?
0: Back in the the tranquil state well, or somewhat tranquil state things were. So, Gary will uh, like lean on the fence uh, next to Juniper like some lovely uh lovely pigs you got there. That's nice. I like that.
1: Oh thanks and you see that she's kneeled over one right now that is laying on its side and it's like breathing very heavy it looks like he's having a really bad time and she goes thanks yeah uh i i usually try and take care of the livestock when i can i'm not (laughs) the best at it my
6: you know my dad was always really good at all
0: this but
1: um, but my name's juniper by the way i I don't i don't know if i
0: gave that sorry yeah i'm gary Mog violet uh Pleasure to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you, Gary.
0: For the record, I think your father would be really proud. Looks like you're doing a good job here with these uh, these guys. What's what's this guy's Thanks. name? Why is he all breathing out of breath?
1: Oh, it's Jeffrey. I don't know. Um, he just seems sick. I I think he must have eaten something weird.
0: What do you think? Uh, that's interesting. He's gonna write that down. Hopefully, out of her line of sight. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know. Like, it's weird because we feed them here, so like. If you were out in the wild, then sure, maybe he ate some bad berries. But you know, we—I mean, we literally grow all the crop we give to them. So, not quite sure what's going on here. I'm—I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm—I'm I'm rambling now. Uh, can I help you?
0: No, I just wanted to appreciate the uh, the uh, animals, and I just want to apologize for my uh, my colleagues uh, barging in like that.
1: It's okay. That's that—that's kind of the promise of all of this, right? Fair trial. Um, I understand. course it's hard but
0: yeah and the funeral must have been you know have you been to him at the cemetery you know you want to leave him flowers or something
1: i'm not really ready yet
0: it's so fresh you know but he is at the cemetery
1: (gasps) yeah okay
0: i mean he's not in the house right it wasn't an open (laughs) casket if i may ask
1: yeah we can't really afford caskets here so it was more of a
0: open wrapping That's just terrible. Uh, I hope he looked okay at least, you know. That's good. That's good.
1: Juniper, get out of there. And then you see Mia Rameth, also a tall woman, looks kind of like Juniper, but much older, comes out and she says, do not talk to these people. And like she, not super aggressive, but she gives Gary a little
4: shove. And she says, you stay away from my daughter. Juniper, you come inside right now. Question. Yeah? Has Mia left the door open? Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. I am going to quickly pull out one of my teeth. Okay. And imbue it as a magic token using my hex blood abilities. And I'm going to quickly look inside. What do I see immediately kind of like around me in the doorway? As you peek inside the open door...
1: You see immediately in front of the door is a big dinner table. Behind that is kind of a hearth. You see lots of elaborate paintings and landscapes mounted up on the walls. And then to the left is a wall with a door. And then to the right is a wall with two
4: doors. Are there any like shelves or anything like that?
1: Uh, let's say there are a few along the the inner wall, like basically right up against where the door is with some little clay sculptures and stuff.
4: Alright, I'm going to place uh, my tooth between two of these sculptures on the shelf in the house.
1: Wonderful. Okay.
4: So Jessica has long raven hair, very fair skin, but you can kind of almost see like a slight like greenish hue underneath like the pale that's kind of mm-hmm. starting to come through. Some days it's a little greener than others, but there is that like almost kind of like an ethereal beauty to it. She is old, she's 60, but she's she's that Helen Mirren oh. kind of like uh-huh. old yeah. person. Like Absolutely stunning. Just completely gorgeous. She's five foot eight and she's got beautiful emerald green eyes. And from the head is like this crown that protrudes and it's made of like bone but she's polished it to kind of like shine in like this like beautiful manner it's part of like her skull so yeah. it's like it's not like something that you can remove it's just there it's like spongebob yeah <laughs> and she removes one of her lower teeth towards the back and then she quickly plops it up on the shelf and imbues it with this magic and I can harmlessly pull out one of my nails, a tooth, or a lock of my hair, and this token is imbued with magic until I finish a long rest. Okay. There's two different things I can do um, with the imbued magic in it, but we'll get to that later.
1: Wonderful. And so you place the tooth as you see Mia beginning to pull Juniper out of the pen. She's kind of shoved Gary a little bit to the side, said, You stay away from my daughter, okay?
0: Uh, I like to think that Gary's so small he falls into the mud. Yeah,
1: (laughs) And then Juniper goes, oh, Gary, Gary, I'm I'm so sorry. You have nothing to apologize to them about. Mom, they're just doing their job. I don't care. And she pulls Juniper without another word. And you just see, like, silent fury as they walk into the house. And she says, I mean it. Do not let me see you around here again. And slams
2: the door. (laughs)
4: Okay, well, I guess we've done all we can here for now. Uh, Shall we uh, head on out, y'all?
2: Can Thomas walk towards the door on his way back from the farm?
1: Sure. Thomas, you finish investigating the farm and uh, begin walking out and you see Gary uh,
2: picking himself up out of the mud trying to Wipe dirt off his tie. I walk straight towards the door. I knock on it. Yo. Yeah, I so just knock on it and wait for Mia to answer.
4: Thomas, wait. No.
2: Instead of Mia, you hear Juniper go, uh,
4: uh it's not a good time.
2: Juniper, darling, I know. This is Don't call probably me darling, the worst please. time. I could, okay, <laughs> Juniper, uh, <laughs> Juniper, this is probably the worst time. I, but listen to me. I must speak to your mother now. Tell her it's urgent. I'm not part of that team that you just spoke to, I assure you. Even though we're working together, we're not really working together. Do you know what I mean? I. I she's not interested. Please, Juniper. I need your help. You
1: hear the sound of pottery smashing inside the
2: house. Oh, goodness. Juniper...
4: Thomas. Please. Thomas Your I... mother
2: knows me from a long time ago. She'll want uh, to see me.
1: Mr. M- Mr. it's really in your best interest you to leave right now. Right now, right now. Thomas, please, I think please, it's
2: time please. to go. And you see Mia opens the door. Okay, as soon as Mia walks out, I'm gonna charm <laughs> person. How does that work? Okay, so since we're not attacking or I'm not attacking her, she does you don't get advantage. She gets a wisdom saving throw when the creature is charmed. She'll regard me as a friendly acquaintance.
1: So she's going to roll a wisdom saving throw. So she gets a critical failure. So she opens the door. Like it slams you see, like the walls of the home shake a little bit. She raises a frying pan up to smack you across the face. And then you just kind of see like the eyes go blank for a second. Like Rick and Morty, the mouth droops down for a second. like And then she just goes, uh, Juniper, was I cooking something? You see, like, Juniper notices something odd and goes, No, Mom. I don't think so. Uh,
2: hi. How can I help you? Mia, you don't know me, but I know you. And I am terribly, terribly sorry for your loss. Your husband, Ansel, and I go way, way back. Back to our school days. I've known him for a long time, and... Believe me, this sudden passing hurts me just as much as it hurts you. May I talk to you inside for a moment, please?
4: Under Jessica's breath to um, Dorothy, who is, I'm assuming, still next to her. She goes, oh, yeah, the educated farmer going to law school. I'm sure that was a real thing. Yeah. Elementary school. Shut up, Jessica. Shut up. I, I don't know how I never met
1: you, having known Ansel most of my life, but... Any friend of Ansel is a friend of mine. Please come inside. Uh, yes,
2: thank you so much. Here, take How long s- does this last? An hour. Okay. Mia. Uh, oh god, I'm just so broken up over his passing. Listen, I know you might not trust me or my colleagues given that, of course, we're the defense team of the person that supposedly killed your husband, and I understand why you would be so angry at us, of course. But listen, the only reason I'm on this team defending Job, right now, is to get to the bottom of your husband's murder. As a defense attorney, it's the only way I could have done it. I want to bury Job just as much as you do, but in order to do that, Mia, I need your help. I'll help you. And she lifts up a frying pan menacingly. Uh, We can bury Job tonight. (laughs) Well, I I don't... We want to do it legally, of (laughs) course. But I admire your enthusiasm. Now listen, I need you to tell me as much as you can about what happened that night. And if you happen to have an autopsy report, I would love that as well. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, the widow is definitely going to have that autopsy on her <laughs> at all times.
1: I remember. What happened, Mia? We were preparing for bed and I heard him scream. And when I went outside,
6: he was bleeding. In the fields. He died in my arms.
1: Is that all you remember? And I remember grief. And where was Juniper? She was in the house. She ran out to see him. When? Immediately after. The look on her face still haunts my dreams.
2: So it's true you were there before she arrived? For a moment, yes. And what of the blood on the handle of the pitchfork? What? Did you not hear about that? No. There was blood on the handle of the pitchfork. How'd that get there? Presumably my husband's. On the handle, Mia? He was holding the pitchfork. Did your husband have any other pre-existing conditions that we may not know about? He had trouble performing sometimes,
1: but other than (laughs) that, he was fine. (laughs) I don't think that would be cause for concern.
2: Mia, does your daughter love
1: your husband? Certainly. Certainly.
2: Have they gotten into any fights recently that you know of?
1: No, Juniper has
2: never been one to argue. Colleagues, do you have any questions? I'm running into a wall here.
5: I just wanted to confirm, are we also inside the house? Because I thought we were not.
1: Thomas turns around to say, colleagues, do you have anything? And he's speaking to you through the open door of the house.
4: (laughs) Oh my goodness, we were supposed to come in. Oh, that was an invitation for all of us. Sorry, the threats earlier got me a little confused.
1: Can I get you anything? Perhaps some hot cocoa? No, they had
2: stuff on the road. That's all right. And then I whisper to Gary and I go, I'm not there. You're not.
4: Gary, get in here!
2: No, fuck that.
4: Gary, get the hell in here now! I actually do have a question for you, ma'am. In the meantime, while my colleagues are figuring out some minor disputes here, how many puncture wounds did your husband have when you found the body?
2: Three. From?
1: I don't know.
4: Gary, go check the other rooms.
1: I'm not there.
4: These paintings on the wall here are absolutely stunning. Uh, Who made these? They're beautiful. Uh... I I did. Oh my goodness, Juniper! You have such a talent. Thanks. My daddy used to like him a lot. Oh, I'm sure he did. You know, my husband Frank, dear, bless his soul. Oh, he used to love doing some watercolors of the little ducks that we had in the pond out back. It was absolutely stunning. Do you have a studio in here? Uh, I
1: I paint in my bedroom most of the time or outside. Uh, my dad was trying to save enough money to send me to. Art school oh, in Opula. Oh, so sweet.
4: Oh, Opula. Wow, what a yeah. what a big city to go to. I'm not, not sure it'll happen anymore, but... Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Are you working on anything new at the moment? I would love to see it while the adults are doing some chatting.
1: Um, I mean, I could show you my room. I'm not working on anything particular right now, but...
4: I'm sure you have ideas, though, in there. I'm sure. I'd love to see it. Juniper very, like, kind of hesitantly goes,
1: uh... It's, it's just right through here and opens the, the southern door on the eastern wall and leads you into a very, very cramped bedroom. There is You see a small single bed, a little desk, and an easel with some art supplies kind of scattered about.
4: Oh my goodness, what a charming little room. Ah, this reminds me of my time growing up as just, oh goodness, it takes me right back. Is there anything on the easel?
1: Splotches of color, but nothing like immediately recognizable just yet. You get the feeling it was very like I don't know, pollock, like
4: (laughs) it was just (laughs) some just doodling essentially. Well, Juniper, I am just you know this this painting that you're working on. Do you want to tell me about it?
1: I don't. I usually do a lot of landscapes, like the stuff that's outside. This is um, uh, it's been a rough few days, and so I don't know. I just started painting. Didn't really have any like purpose or anything but just wanted to put it on there and
4: i kind of think it looks nice i that's not so stupid it's not anything oh my goodness no it's absolutely anything that comes from a a very emotional place can be absolutely stunning and breathtaking as an artist so we don't worry dear you're gonna go far in life i can just tell and i give her a nice little smile and maybe she sees that one of my teeth are missing (laughs) (laughs) she smiles back and You were working on a painting the night that uh, the incident occurred?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was painting
4: a little bit, but I like to doodle before I go to bed.
1: Of course. Nothing, like, in particular.
4: I understand my artistic impulses pop in right before bed, too, and I usually, like, scratch down a few ideas in my journal for a novel that I want to crank out at some point. Oh, my goodness, did you... I swear, I just heard your mother calling you. Was that, oh, is that my imagination? Oh. You know, sometimes these Mom? these old synapses get so s- snappy, I can never tell. Mom? And she walks out of the room. I'm going to go ahead and investigate the desk to see if I find anything there. Mm-hmm. I rolled a 12 for the investigation. You look through and you see
1: not much. I mean, it's it's art supplies, papers. You maybe find a little diary or
2: something, but not uh
1: nothing incriminate. Like you don't find a murder weapon or anything.
2: Mia, did your husband leave behind a will? Um, I'm, I'm afraid not. No will whatsoever. No, I mean, there's not really any
1: dispute. What would really happen, right? It's just us, and we weren't really anticipating
2: a death, anyways. He was pretty young. Quite right. So things must be hard now, considering your husband is no longer here working on the farm or anything. How is it that you two plan on, you know, making money? Well, thank you for
1: reopening that fresh wound, person who I, for some reason, regard very nicely. <laughs> um, I don't know. It is a very, very troubling thing to think about. We were hoping to send our daughter to art school. That's right. I don't know if that will be possible. Furthermore, I don't quite know how we're going to put bread on the table. We'll we'll do our best to pick up the slack, but the entire town is worried about the eco- the economy now.
2: So your entire town depended on your husband? Certainly. Gary, what are you doing? Fine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gary is proficient in
0: handle animal. So he's going to, I don't know if glasses exist, but I'd like him to pick himself up from the dirt and put his glasses back on. Yeah, he puts his glasses on. Going to squeeze through the fence because I think he's short enough to. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I just want to see if he can figure out what is wrong with Jeffrey the pig.
1: Roll handle up. Uh,
0: 17.
1: From looking at Jeffrey the pig, you get the feeling that uh, he's suffering some serious indigestion. It doesn't look like it's life-ending, mm-hmm. but potentially very dangerous. And from kind of looking at, he's kind of thrown up a little bit. Uh-huh. And from reading him, he has been poisoned.
0: Pig Poisoned.
1: You know what? I'll give it to you. With a 17, I'll give it to you. You recognize this as moonberry poisoning.
0: Ah, uh, looking at the puke. Ah, uh, no wonder, Jeffrey. You ate you ate some moonberries, you little rascal. Shit. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was phenomenal. <laughs> Would I know any way to help poor Jeffrey?
1: Roll a medicine check for him. Eight. You know that there is probably some salve you could make to ease the pain a little bit. But from reading him, you're kind of like, okay, it sucks, Jeff, but you're going to have to
0: wait it out. All right, Jeff, you stay here. I'm going to get you some help. Okay, buddy. <coughs> <laughs> and he pats his belly. And then... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's going to walk in on the uh, voodoo that's been happening in the house. (laughs) Okay.
5: Dorothy would really like to go check the master bedroom.
1: Dorothy, you begin walking to Mia's bedroom, which you assume is the door next to Juniper's bedroom. And Mia goes, must you go in there?
2: Yes, Mia, she must.
1: Okay, friend, please help yourself.
5: Well, thanks, doll. And Dorothy's going to... Open that door and walk on in.
1: You open the door and you see a large but not enormous, it's not extravagant, but it's comfortable, double bed. You see a little nightstand next to it. And then on the northern wall, you see a library. I mean, not extensive, but there's a number of books there, which sometimes in small towns like these, getting good books is kind of hard to come by.
5: Ooh, books! And Dorothy's going to walk on over to the shelves and she's going to start looking through the books and see what they've got. Anything good.
1: Roll an investigation for me.
5: All right. That's a 21.
1: Okay, well with the 21, I'll tell you immediately you find one of Jessica Felcher's novels. But, uh, furthermore, <laughs> what kind of books are you looking for?
5: Well, not to be too on the nose, but you know, books about baby, unhappy marriages, killing your husband, yada yada. You know? Well, aside
1: from Jessica Felcher's murder mystery novel, uh, most of the books here seem to be... There are a few kids' books. Uh, There are a couple of books on art and art history. And then a lot of them are actually agricultural. It's about uh, cultivating the best crops and uh, uh, livestock. And there's a few nature books as well, like identifying plants and and that sort of thing. But nothing uh, murder-obsessive.
5: Hmm. And Dorothy's gonna... Make her way back out the room, close the door, make eye contact with Thomas, and just give a slight nod as if everything's squared out in here.
1: I will nod. Mia's just straight up staring at you and says, Did you enjoy investigating my room?
5: I did, doll! I actually noticed some of your books in that little library of yours. Excellent collection.
2: Thank you. Mia, wait here one moment, please. And I'm going to walk to Gary, pull him aside to like a corner of the room, bend down, I guess, on one knee, and say... Gary, what did you discover outside? What what the hell's going on here? I thought she told us to don't leave. I guys... may or may not have di- charmed her just a little bit to get information. Um, it's all right. We have <sighs> 50 minutes. It's okay. Gary, what did you discover
0: outside? I need to talk to Juniper. Out of my way. Juniper. Yeah? Juniper, I know what's wrong with Jeffrey. Wait, don't. <gasps> what's wrong oh. with Jeffrey? Uh, uh, I, I looked at his vomit. He's, he, he's been poisoned with the moonberries. With moonberries. Moonberries? Someone's poisoned, Jeffrey.
1: Where do you get moonberries?
2: I I don't know. Would the- moonberries, you say? Are there any moonberries in this house right now, Juniper?
5: Not that I know of. Dorothy would like to check the kitchen.
2: You're basically in the kitchen. It's a living space slash kitchen, so. They would be hanging over the fireplace. I'm, can I walk over to the fireplace? Yeah, you can walk over to the fireplace. Okay, and very discreetly, I'm going to cast a minor illusion to conjure up fake moonberries he'll point at it
1: so you point at the moonberries
2: and juniper goes
1: i don't know. hold up let me see and she's gonna investigate them
2: oh no i don't need you tampering with the evidence juniper you stay right there <laughs> all right well she looks at it from afar and with an investigation of
1: four does not decipher that it's an illusion and says those look like moonberries why are they in a fireplace mom why why are there moonberries in the fireplace i don't know your father kept the moonberries in the back.
0: <gasps> what you have... Did you know about that, Junifer?
1: No, what? Why did that have moonberries? To kill the kobold.
3: This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Amanda Fernandez Acosta as Dorothy Oz, Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps, Michael Pisani as Jessica Felcher, and Nicholas Benitatos as Gary Mountbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited by Michael Pisani and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Nicholas Benitatos. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes, or go to patreon.com slash dreamers. Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our After the Show show, After the Drimbus, where we discuss behind-the-scenes and secrets, free exclusive merch, and the chance to create items for the campaign or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week.
4: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 17.9 cycles ago, us machines defeated the humans. Ah! Now, we're living the good life here in Droidston, Manitoba. Morning, Gif. Morning, Dust. But there's still the problem of human infestation. Ah! That's when it's time to call Human Be Gone. Experts in ethical human relocation. This job has everything danger. Whoa! Sounds like we got some dingers in there. Excitement. Incoming! And drama.
6: You're the one who leaked herself in my past, Maddie Rice bed.
4: It's a dirty job, but some bots gotta do it. Human oh. Be Gone, coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. Human Be Gone.